all of the retailers start to discount their TVs from about January through March, usually coinciding with Super Bowl and with March Madness. This podcast is brought to you by Brad's Deals, a team of real people dedicated to helping consumers. In this episode, I talk to David Dritzis, one of the tech editors at Brad's Deals. I don't know many people who know more about televisions or computers than David. He's worked in the industry forever, and it's just a great conversation. Give it a listen. Well, the strongest deals are pretty much all across the board in the larger screen sizes. So anything from 55 inch to 65 inch is where you're seeing big price drops because that's the, that seems to be the sweet spot now. That's what people are buying. It didn't used to be the case, but now it is. That doesn't mean that smaller sizes aren't selling well and you aren't seeing great deals in that, but it's really about not necessarily the size, but also the technology. So you know, we're seeing more deals on OLED and QLED TVs. And then you're starting to see really deep prices on cheaper, lower tier brands, which I think makes it more confusing for everybody because they don't understand. Well, I don't understand why I can get a 4K TV, you know, for $350. And then there's one for $900. You know, what's the difference? And the answer is there's a lot of difference. (laughs) (laughs) Let's break it down. What specifically makes that TV $900 worth it? Well, to understand... TVs, you have to kind of like look at what the technologies are because it's not just one kind of technology, right? There's what we call, well, now we call it LED, but really it's LCD. And then you have what's known as OLED, which is an entirely different technology. And then you have ones that kind of live in the middle, which are Samsung has what they call QLED. And then you have what LG calls nano cell technology. And then you have really high end future formats called micro LED, although those are way far off and not really. In, in the consumer market per se. And then you have 1080p HD, which is your regular HD versus 4K. Although to be honest with you, you don't see that many 1080p TVs out there as much anymore. They are there, but and you can get them for pretty inexpensive prices. But honestly, I don't see why you would do that. I, I think anyone should just you know invest in a 4K now at any price range because that's where we're at. So there's no point in really buying a 1080p. Why 4K? Why is 4K the baseline? Well, 4K is just higher resolution. HD is a range. It's not a, not a specific number. And it started back in the day, well, digital TV started what was called 480i, but now we have 720p and 1080p. P standing for what's called progressive. And that's just how the, the information is displayed. But the full resolution of a 1080p TV is, you know, 1920 pixels wide by 1080 pixels high, right? Whereas a 4K resolution is a much higher one, which is 496 by 2160. So right there, you just have more. It's just a better picture. It's just more color detail. It's, it's just better resolution. Now, screen resolution, though, is, a, is just a number and how you can produce that resolution varies widely between different technologies. So you could have a very inexpensive 4K TV and it will have that resolution number, but it may not look as good as a, you know, another TV that's also 4K because the processing of the video isn't the same because it has a a, a cheaper processor. It might not have as good contrast ratios because of the way the TV is backlit or the, or the quality of the screen itself, the panel, the LCD panel. 
So those things can all affect it. So you can't really just go by the resolution number. It doesn't always mean that's exactly the same picture. What is the minimum TV to shoot for to make sure that what Netflix provides, you're getting the best quality that is available? Netflix just, just gives you whatever you have. It just meets whatever you've got. So if you have, um, and this is important, if you're connected into a media streaming device instead of your TV and it's a 4K TV, you have to make sure that your media streaming device is 4K as well. So it has to be able to, to pass that signal through to the television. Although most 4K TVs, you can plug directly in through an Ethernet cable and that's fine or Wi-Fi. So it automatically determines what your resolution capability is and gives you that content. Netflix does require that you buy their 4K service. So they do have, you pay a little bit more if you want their 4K broadcasts. So that does play into it. So you have to kind of like check with your provider of your content to see if they're giving you 4K for free or not. Certain services do, certain services don't. For something like Amazon, if you have Prime and you're watching their original shows, you get that content in 4K for for no extra cost. 4K is a good standard to shoot for because that's that's the standard you can get online. Shoot for a 4K TV over a exactly. 720, over a 1080. The deals are in the 4K TVs. They're not in the in the other stuff because now just a 720p became basically you wouldn't see a 720p TV over a certain size because they just said, okay, it's going to be for the smaller TVs. Now that's becoming a standard for 1080p. But that also might start changing because at CES this year, LG announced they were going to start making some 42-inch OLEDs, which is a pretty big, they haven't been in that size. And that means that we're going to start seeing that technology start to get cheaper and get into smaller products. And that will mean 4K is really the de facto standard. And you can easily get a a 4K TV if you want under $500. Even in smaller sizes? Oh, 4K in smaller sizes for sure, Uh, at least for LED TVs. So this is where it gets confusing. So 4K is just the display resolution, right? It's not in and of itself a TV technology. It is a video technology. So it's a display standard. It's not an actual technology built into the TV that, that makes it able to display that, right? There are three different ways of looking at televisions. You have your basic LCD TVs. Now we call them LED TVs because the way they're lit, it's basically a two-part system. You have the panel itself, which displays the picture, and then you have the lights behind it, which illuminates that picture, right? And, And makes it possible for you to see it. In the original LCD TVs, it used to be actual fluorescent lamps behind them. That changed and they started to use what's called LED so they would they used to call them LED LCD TVs. Now they just say LED TV. And that means that there's still a panel, a still a liquid crystal display panel, but behind it are these tiny diodes that light the whole thing. OLED TVs are different from that because the diode, the light and the panel are the same thing. So the 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 tiny little diodes are what make up the panel itself and what makes that an advantage is that you can get darker and richer colors because the the light itself is what's controlling the color. So if you need to get a complete blackness, well, the light just goes off. You can't really do that with traditional LED TVs. You can get really close, but you can't get quite as... So that's why they say OLED TVs have better black levels than a conventional LED TV. There are ones in the middle that live in the middle, though. So you have LG has NanoCell and Samsung has QLED. And they both kind of say, well, it's close to OLED or or Samsung says QLED matches OLED. That's not entirely true. 
it is still very good, but they are just basically the same construct of backlight match with panel, but there's a lot more technologies built into the panels themselves that allow them to display wider ranges of colors. So you do, if you look at a QLED TV from Samsung versus one of their basic uh, LED TVs, you're going to see better colors in that QLED, but they're still all 4K. Does that make sense? It does. I follow entirely. That's a really good explanation. So it's the mechanics versus the, you know, the, the standards. The difference between these kind of three different terms, these three different types of technologies for a TV, how much of this is marketing baloney? So OLED is is truly a different technology. It's I, I noticed when you talk about it, yeah, yeah. it's like it, you get rid of the panel, right? So yeah, you're get, you're getting rid of well, not the panel per se, but you're getting rid of the two part system, right? You're 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 making it one, but you're making the lighting and the panel the same thing. That's how that works. So it's a very very different technology. And actually, Samsung has their own version called Micro LED, which is they kind of just displayed at CES this year, and that's basically the same thing where the light and the panel are are, are the same thing. That's nowhere near consumer level, though. But when you get down to the QLED and the nanocell, now you're getting into that weird world of there is some marketing there. There is some technology there, too. But there is it's harder to make a qualifying statement to say, you know, this is this is exactly mechanically different versus what the the marketers might be coming up with. That's very tricky. That's why I kind of say LED then nanocell QLED, and then OLED. Or micro-LED, sure. Yeah, and then, well, yeah, I don't even bring that up too much because, because there's, there's nobody no consumer. Sure. Yeah. There's a 110-inch model that Samsung showed, but it cost $155,000. So I'm assuming you're not going to see that at Best Buy anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're going to have to trade in a couple well, of Teslas to get that TV. Well, we laugh, but who knows? In five years, that TV might be, you know, $900 at Best Buy sure. because this stuff all comes down in price. I started writing about this stuff back when plasma TVs came out from Philips in the, in, in 1999 and actually a little bit earlier than that, but I started writing about it. And then, and then the, the, the truth is, is that those TVs were $50,000 brand new. And then five years later, they were a thousand dollars. So it's a, it's a, it's very, the stuff comes down in price extremely, extremely quickly. But yeah, that's why I kind of position it as those three tiers of technology. And then within those tiers, now you start to get into, well, what brands are good within those tiers? My rule of thumb is there's the main manufacturers. And I say, I say now these days, it's the three big ones are Sony, Samsung, and LG. I find Sony to be a little bit more expensive than other brands. And I'm not sure that's completely justified. However, Sony TVs are pretty good. So you you know you're you're looking at it and saying, well, this is a pretty good TV. That's not to say the other brands aren't good. It's just that Sony has a, a consistent quality to them that is is pretty good. That said, you can get a really great TV from either LG or Samsung. And then below that, you got some stuff from let's say a company like Vizio or TCL. Those are two big manufacturers that also make some really great TVs, but they also exist within the budget level TV realm. So. You know, you might see a TCL TV that gets highly reviewed and is great, but they also might have, you know, a basic 50 inch 4K LED TV that's, eh, that's okay. That, hey, that's my TV. That is what I've got. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's fine. Um, and Vizio sort of lives in that world too of making really great models and then make, making really b- uh, big budget models. 
And then you have what I call the, is the really cheap stuff, which you start to get into those weirdly branded companies like Westinghouse or RCA. And they're not actually companies anymore. They're just licensed brand names that some company in China or Korea use because it's familiar in the American market. And they sell those at low prices at places like Walmart and Target. And then you can get even lower than that. There's there's some uh, really no-name brands that exist at Target and Walmart that go for really cheap, but you're going to notice it when you when you buy it. But you know, you can get a decent. But if you're really on a budget and you really need to spend five hundred dollars uh, under five hundred bucks, you can get a perfectly acceptable TV that that you'll be happy with. It won't be the best, but it won't be the worst either. The advice I like to give people is okay. It's all about what picture you're willing to accept and what you're okay with, right? Because you can get crazy with this stuff and and really start to, you know, be a snob about it. But I say I always tell people like walk into like a Best Buy or a Target and plan not to buy and just walk around and look at all the TVs and look at all the brands and look at what the different technologies are and just look at the picture and see what you think. Now you have to be careful with this because every retailer turns up the brightness the brightness on their TVs to a very high degree. And it looks great in the store setting, but if you were to get it home and actually adjust it to the proper levels, it might not look as good as it did in the store. So you do have to be careful with that. Well, I mean, what's the what's the price difference between those three levels, right? So LED, QLED, OLED, what are the, what are the three different... If you're going to make it really simple, like what are the numbers for each? Any LED TV, and again, it also depends... You know, they might be putting some different technologies other than just the panel stuff in there. They might have a better processor. They might have, you know, some built-in bells and whistles and stuff like that. But you can get a decent LED TV, let's say 55-inch, that's 4K, that's just your basic LED TV stuff for around $500. And then when you start to get into the NanoCell and the QLED stuff, then you're looking at anywhere from right now you know, six, $700 up to $1,200, maybe more, again, depending on the bells and whistles that they put into this stuff. And then for OLED, unless you catch a really great sale, which I've, I've seen on occasion, you're definitely going to be $1,200 and over. And you could from there go up to $5,000. OLED, when I say 1200 and above or 1300 and above, let's say, that might seem like, oh, that's a high price. But keep in mind that these TVs a year or two ago were... $3,000 to start. So this stuff is coming down pretty re- pretty steadily. So if you don't want to know OLED this year, maybe wait till next year and see where the prices are. What I've always done with like video game systems is I can hold out for a year and the price, you know, I'll catch it on sale when there's a, a price drop and I've never regretted it. <laughs> you have to you have to accept and understand. Buying a TV sometimes is like buying a car. You're always going to pay more for it new and you know, that's just how it is. It's, it drops in price as soon as you drive it off the lot and you just have to accept that. (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, maybe, maybe the better question is you're listening to this podcast. You're like, I've got a specific number in mind. Like I'm, I'm comfortable spending $400 on a TV. I'm I'm comfortable spending a thousand dollars on a TV. I'm comfortable spending $2,000 on a TV, whatever that price point is. What do you think the technology that is worth waiting for is? So like, let's say you're, you're only willing to spend a thousand dollars on a TV, but you you know, you're interested in an OLED. Do you think it's worth waiting a couple of years? I think it would be worth it for an OLED. If you have a decent TV right now, so it's right now we're talking and it's 2021. If you already have a 4K TV and you and you are pretty happy with it, but you want to upgrade to a 
better technology. I would say maybe wait till next year on OLED. But I wouldn't wait too long after that because I honestly, it's going to come down, but I don't know how drastic by next year it will come down. And it's, I mean, we're asking to to predict the future. Like it's not, it's not a fair question. <laughs> no, it's a, it is fair though, because they, they do, they do every year. These prices come down. I remember when I first started working for Rad's deals, we never wrote about 4k TVs and all the 1080p TVs that we wrote about. And this is only a couple of years ago. We're all at the same prices that all these 4k TVs are now. But at the time there wasn't enough 4k, 4K content out there. And, you know, I knew just from my covering this industry for a really long time, I was like, well, I know these TVs are going to be really cheap in about two years, but that doesn't help you if you need a TV now. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know? that's fair. Yeah, I, I guess because of your, you know, working in this industry now for 20 years or writing about this industry for 20 years, what, when oh is the gosh, best yeah, time? You made me seem so old. I, it didn't occur to me until I said it like that. 1999. <laughs> that's, that's like legit. It didn't occur to me years. either. <laughs> What, not occur to me either. When is the best time to buy a TV in a given year? And has that has that ever changed? No, it hasn't really changed. The best time is always, you know, anywhere from Black Friday through March. And the reason is because one, you know, all of the retailers like to discount stuff at Black Friday and electronics is like one of the big categories that they all like to do. But the consumer electronics show that happens in January every year, all of the TV manufacturers announce their 2021 line. So the, all of the stuff that they're going to come out with that year, they display and show off. But most of it is not ready for sale right away. So they're showing it. And then about the March timeframe is when they these, these uh, new models start to come out. So all of the retailers start to discount their TVs from about January through March, usually coinciding with Super Bowl and with March Madness. So that's when you start to see a lot of the big TV sales. And that's when you can get the best prices. So I always say like, if you didn't have the the cash on hand for Black Friday, don't worry, you'll probably get a decent deal in the early late winter, early spring. That's and that's been true for the entire time I've written about this industry. That's reassuring, right? So that we don't expect that to change. Mm. Even as buying habits yep. change, it's very likely that we're we're still going to see Black Friday, January, February, March as times to buy. Sales happen all the time, but because technology and TVs is always changing, and, and it is, it really it it changes quite a bit or improves quite a bit because TVs aren't any longer just this one device. They're they're like mini computers in a way, you know, and especially smart TVs. They have an interface. They they have processors. They have a whole bunch of uh, connections that they need. They have Wi-Fi built in. These are like mini computers now, right? So like the computer industry, they're creating and perfecting and releasing new models every single year. It's not like headphones where you might have the same headphone model out for years. It's not true for TVs. They are they still follow a yearly release schedule where there are, there's the, it's like cars. There's the 2021 line of televisions. And the good news is though, is that there's nothing wrong with buying like a 2020 model. They're still great TVs. I mean, I like I said, I have a three-year-old OLED and it's still awesome. So don't worry about buying a TV that might be a few years old. It's still probably going to be a great TV. I really enjoyed talking to David. My biggest takeaway, besides knowing what technology to look for and what's worth waiting for, was realizing that the best deals on TVs usually come at the beginning of the year. I hope you got as much from this conversation as I did. I know... It'll probably be a while before I buy another TV, but at least now I know what to look for. 
and special thanks to David Dritzis. H. Borkowski's our story editor. And I'm Jim Marcus. Frugal Living is brought to you by Brad's Deals, a team of proud consumer advocates who scour the internet every day for the best prices on, well, everything. That's B-R-A-D-S-D-E-A-L-S dot com. <laughs>